Okay, let's get in Parshish Titzav at Tavshin Peidalid as we continue here in the Parshios relating to the uh, Mishkan and the Big Day Kahuna. So Parshish Titzav, as we know, is all about the uh, Big Day Kahuna, the first half, uh, and then the second half is about the uh, Miluim and the starting of the functioning of the service of the of the Mishkan. But again, it's famous for the... Uh, the uh, begadim, uh, Moshe Rabbeinu's name obviously is not mentioned. We know Vatat Tzaveh, always Zayin Adar is about this uh, about this time. It's always about this uh, time of year. But let's see what we could do in Parshat Tzaveh. So we start off with a thought from Rabbi Sachs relating to an overall idea that we find in this parsha, in last week's parsha, and it's from his sefer about leadership, lessons in leadership, where he gives us another insight into leadership, and that is. Uh, that leadership shouldn't be in one person. Uh, you need a leader. Like the Gemara says, if you are two leaders, so then um, that have ultimate power, it's a problem. But in a certain sense, different types, parts of the leadership should be split, uh, as he says, is reflected in this Parsha. Look what he says. Neither, on uh, the third line, neither authority nor power was to be located in a single individual or office. Leadership was divided between different kinds of roles. And what does that mean? What we call separation of church and state. But we have that clearly in uh, this Parsha and reflected in our history also. Or reflected in our history. The, the difference between the Melech and the Kohen Gadol. They were both leaders, but they were different. The Melech and the Kohen Gadol were not the same. Says the uh, Rabbi Sack, this was revolutionary. The kings of Mesopotamia, city-states, and the pharaohs of Egypt were considered demigods or chief intermediaries with the gods. Right? We know Paro went early to the bathroom at the Yarde because he was the king and he was the god. There was a connection between the religion and the political. They officiated at supreme religious festivals. They were regarded as representatives of heaven on earth. In Judaism, by contrast, monarchy has little or no religious function. Right? David HaMelech was not the Navi. David HaMelech was a great Talmud Chacham. David HaMelech was a, a, a leader in that way, but but he was not the Kohen. He was not the Kohen Gadol. And indeed, he quotes based on the Ramban and Parshas Vayechi, the chief objection to the Chashmonoim on the part of Chazal was that they broke the ancient rule. They were all Kohanim, and they took the Malchus. Remember that long Ramban and Parshas Vayechi that he says, maybe that's why the Hasmonean dynasty didn't last, as the Gemara says. Right? They should, there's a separation. No less fundamental, line 22, was the division of religious leadership itself into two distinct functions. Even within religious leaders, right? Not just Melech and Navi, but Navi and Kohen Gadol. And there are differences between the two. That is dramatized in Parshas Tetzaveh, focusing as it does on the role of the Kohen to the exclusion of that of the Navi. Parshas Tetzaveh is the first Parsha that doesn't have Moshe's name, because we're not talking about Nevi'im. And I want to emphasize Aaron HaKohen, and to emphasize that, also another reason why Moshe's name is not, is not mentioned. And now he has a whole list, the differences between Kohanim and Nevi'im, a number of them. The role of the Kohen was dynastic. That of the prophet was charismatic. Right, Kohen, if your father's a Kohen, you're a Kohen. If your father's a Navi, no, not true, you have to earn it. It's based on your own qualities. Priests were the sons of Aaron. They were born into the role. Parenthood had no part in the role of Navi. Moshe's own children were not prophets. Right? And we know that comes up often in, um, in Tanakh. The Kohanim wore robes of office. 
there was no official uniform for a Navi. Right? Differences that we don't always think about. The kahuna was exclusively male, not so prophecy. Right? We know seven Navios and 48 Navim. As we noted earlier, the Tamil is seven. Right? The role of the Kohen did not change over time. There was a precise annual timetable of Karbanos that did not vary from year to year. They were the Mishmaros, and they followed their Mishmar. The Navi, by contrast, could not know what his mission would be until HaKadosh Baruch Hu revealed it to him. It was never a matter of routine. So again, all of these differences reflect a different type of religious leadership. As a result, the prophet and the priest had different senses of time. Time for the Kohen was the moving image. He continues... A matter of everlasting recurrence and return. The Kohen did the Avoda over and over and over again. The same thing. And he will do the same thing. The Navi lived in historical time. His today was not the same as yesterday. And tomorrow would be different again. All these differences. The Kohen was Kadosh and set apart from the people. He had to eat his food in a state of purity. He had to avoid contact with the dead. The Navi, by contrast, often lived amongst the people, spoke a language they understood. Again, all of these show how he is apart from them, but the Navi is also one of them. He doesn't wear different clothing. He doesn't do this same avoda every day. It's whatever the people need. That's the type of leader. We need both of these leaders. The fixed service type of leaders and the elastic and uh, flexible type, right? The key words for the Kohen are tar, tame, kodesh, chol. The key words for the Navi were tzedek, mishpat, chesed, rachamim. It does not mean, obviously there was some overlap, but this is differences. We continue. He has 10 differences, right? The task of the Kohen was boundary maintenance. The key priestly verbs were lahavdil and lahoros, right? The Nevi'im just gave asharos, Nothing personal about the role of a Kohen. If one was unable to officiate, another one can be, right? What happens to Kohen? Go look up God's apostle, put another one in, put another one in. You can't just substitute a Navi. A Navi depends who you are. Depends who you are, right? Every Navi was unique. Every Navi was unique. Kohanim constituted a religious establishment, the Navim not. So they varied over time, but these were different different uh, goals and different jobs. Different jobs. The Kohen did not warn and give tochacha to the people. And we need different types of leaders. And that's what Rabbi Sachs mentions. Turning over the page, uh, he discusses the uh, the problem when it came to uh, the chashmonaim. Um, but that's what he says towards the end. The central lesson of the Torah through tzitzaveh Moshe's not mentioned because we have to learn about Kahuna. There'll be other, look at the Sefer Dvarim, we learn all about the Nevi'im there. Nevi'im, Milachim, Kohanim. There are many types of leaders that Yadus has. The essential lesson is that leadership can never be confined to one class or role. It must always be distributed and divided. There are different types of leaders for different roles. Right? In ancient Israel, kings dealt with power. Priests with holiness, prophets with integrity and faithfulness of society as a whole. In Judaism, leadership is less a function than a field of tensions between different roles, each with its own perspective and voice. I think we spoke about uh, a number of years ago, Rabbi Lamb has a thought, the difference between a Rebbe and a, and a Rosh Hashiva, right? Those are also different types of leaders that different Jews need at different uh, stages, Leadership in Judaism is counterpoint, a musical form defined as the technique of combining two or more melodic lines in a way that they establish a harmonic relationship. Rabbi, Rabbi uh, Sachs quoting here, 
but leadership has to be teamwork, different strengths. I don't think he would argue that sometimes you need one, you have the Kohen Gadol over all the other Kohanim. You have leaders amongst leaders and above leaders, that's true. But uh, there is an important message here that uh, there are different types of leaders and we need to focus on them in different ways. We appreciate the Kohanim in this Parsha. Okay. Moving right along, we have to talk about some of the Begadim. Some of the Begadim, the Be'er Yosef. Be'er Yosef here discusses the Avanim. We know there are two sets of Avanim uh, on the Big Day Kahuna. Right, we have the list of the Big Day Kahuna towards the beginning of the Parsha in Pasik Dalid. Most of them are listed there. Interesting, the Tzitz and the Michnasayim are not listed there. Right, the Mepharshim point that out. The Arachayim Hakadosh, but you have to make the big day Kadosh Aaron Achicha. But everyone has tremendous symbolism. So we have stones. Where do we have stones? We have two sets of stones. We have stones in Pasik Tess. We have stones on the shoulders of the Kohen Gadol. Right, the shoulders that's connected to the ephod, the apron and the choshen, the breastplate. But then, of course, we have the more famous stones. We have the 12 stones. The 12 stones, a little bit later, uh, discussed uh, the, the, the rows of stones, Arba, Turim, Aven, four different rows um, that we have of the stones, and they will be on Vahavanim, Pasachav Aleph. Tihiyan al-Shmos b'nei Yisrael, Shtei Mesrael Shmosam. These stones will be al-Shemos, the names of the Shvatim will be on the stones. Right, they will be on the um, on the stones. So the Shvatim were written on the stones of the Choshen and on the stones of the um, apron, the Avni Shoam, on the shoulders. We've discussed in the past why sometimes they were separated onto 12 different stones and sometimes they were six and six, um, the individuality and the... And the togetherness. But if you look in the Bear Yosef, source number four, first he quotes Midrashim. First he quotes Rashi. Who's supposed to remember? These two stones have all the Shvatim listed on them. So Rashi quotes, Hashem should remember. Right, the Shvatim will be mentioned, will be uh, remembered by HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And he also quotes on the Choshen, Pierce Rashi, Mashinamar, Venasa, Venisa Aaron, Es Mishpat, Bene Yisrael, Alibo, Es Mishpat, Bene Yisrael. Medrash Agad, Achoshe Mechapra, Ma'avse Hadin, Vichul. Says the Be'er Yosef. Yes, the Rashi says that the stones are for HaKadosh Baruch Hu to remember, but I think, says the Be'er Yosef, I think it's also for someone else to remember. The one that's wearing these stones. The Efsha Od Levire. The Kohen Gadol has to have the names on his shoulders. And on his heart. Aaron should remember them. The leaders should remember them. Right? Our leaders, right, we learned back in Parshas Yisro. Remember the Ramban in Parshas Yisro? The Bnei Yisrael used to go to Moshe Rabbeinu to daven for them, to daven for their cholim. Right? When a leader has a list of names, the Kohen Gadol had all of our names. The Kohen Gadol had the list of names with him, so he should remember. 
and not just Hakadosh Baruch Hu. Lehispalel aleim al kol tzarchayim v'shiyinatzlumi kol tzarvitzuka umikalason v'fegas. So we should be safe from every difficulty and any asone. Uvipiyut biyom hakipurim. Remember on Yom Kippur, shakohen gadol hayem mispala alakal v'alaprat. The kohen gadol daven for all of us. He said it fill up ksara. I'll call in your name, Heim Bagash, Bias, Heim Baruchrias, Kedesha Yitain Daito Ala Inyan, so that he remembers that he is a Shliach, and he is supposed to be thinking of others. Lachain it's Tava, Shayisa Shmos Bene Yisrael, Al Sheikh Sevavla Zikaron. Wear it on his shoulders, so he remembers. Shayiskar Tamid, Shalav Likanis Baovia Kora, Lasaisis Kaladas Bene Yisrael, Al Sheikh Sevav. Wear it on your shoulders. What is that? What does that symbolize? Shoulders. What does shoulders symbolize? Carrying something on shoulders and carrying something on one's heart. These are two different areas of support. small, he says, of the two shoulders. The Kohen has to, Kohen God has to daven for the Ruchnias, for the Gashmias of all Klal Yisrael. That's a big, that's a big job, but he's the Kohen God. He's the Kohen Gadol. Shal shneim hu achrai laseses olam al shichmav. Literally, he carries the world on his shoulders. He has the shvatim on his shoulders. V'lidog ba'avuram levakish rachmim aleim lefnei Hashem. To daven for them. Like the lashon of a neder. The Gemara talks about the difference between a neder and a nedava. What's a neder? Ki given de amar, a neder that you're responsible for no matter what happens to it. Keman de ka'an akatfei dami. As if you have it on your shoulders. Because you're responsible for it. That's a neder. The Kohen Godol is responsible for Klal Yisrael. And it continues, V'nasaka he should carry it. And if you think about it, he doesn't mention this, but I'll add it. The Kohen Godol, you think about leadership. We just spoke about leadership, the uniqueness of leadership. What other leaders of any other religion or people have such a responsibility? Right? A president, the prime minister, has a responsibility, an ethical responsibility to pray for the people, to do, to, to be, the, his whole essence is to make the people, to, to talk to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So that's, that's the Kohen Gadol. Our leaders have to carry, has to live with this reality, live with this responsibility. And also on his heart, right, to, um, Ask for Rachmanis from them uh, regarding all of their um, issues. And then he says, maybe it's a little deeper, because so far, what have we said? The Kohen Gadol, when he goes into the Avodah, especially on Yom Kippur, as the Gemara says, so he has to uh, think about them. Says the Bar Yosef, it's not once a year. Our leadership in the Kohen Gadol, it's not about once a year. Remember, these are his Begadim every day. And there are many Chazals that talk about the high standard that HaKadosh Baruch Hu expects from a Kohen Gadol. Even some very surprising sources, as we know from the Gemara in Mesechaz Makos. Right, remember that Mishnah? The mothers of the Kohen Gadols. Unbelievable. The mothers of the Kohen Gadols used to bring care packages to those who killed Bishogeg, who were sitting in the Ari Miklat. Because they wanted out of our Miklad, they would daven that the Kohen Gadol would die so they could leave, so they didn't want that. The, the mothers didn't want that, so the mother, such power of Atila. Unbelievable. So, but that's what they, should, they say to, to, um, 
to bring them care packages. Ask the Gemara the Hikshu Shamba Gemara line forty-two. What's the chash? But the Kohen Gadol doesn't deserve to die. So why would we think? What did he do wrong? Why would we think that there's any chash that their tefillah would be accepted? Says the Gemara. The Kohen Gadol it has a little has a little stain. What is that? He should have davened harder. So it's not just Yom Kippur. He should have davened harder. Right, it's not kill less chacham. Should have davened harder that what? That a tsara doesn't happen within the Jewish people. That's a constant tefillah. How many of us daven for Am Yisrael? We daven for ourselves. We daven for our family. Maybe now, b'shasara, we have to daven for Kla Yisrael. There shouldn't be any tsara. The Yamrusham, and also, again, the Gemara has an amazing applications. Mace Kohen Gadol, and all these interesting permutations. There's no Kohen Gadol when the murder took place, when the Gemar Din took place. So the Gemar says, Im Nigmar, if the Kohen Gadol dies before the Gemar Din, Uminu Acher Tachtav, and a new Kohen Gadol was appointed before the Gemar Din. There's a Gemar Din after. So you have to wait for the death of the second Kohen Gadol. The second Kohen Gadol. Though we ask the Gemara, but what was it his fault for the murder? He wasn't the Kohen Gadol when this Asson took place. So why should he be punished? Why should the tefillahs of these murderers by accident be listened to? Says the Gemara, a very difficult line, but it reflects something. We don't have to go into the depths of what it means. You can look at the Mepharshim there. The Kohen Gadol should have davened that the Gemara Din should have been Lushchus. The Kohen Gadol should have davened that the Bezin should have found the party. So, okay, what does that mean? What, they sh- that there should be Ivus Hadin, there should be a crookedness of the judgment? That's a kasha. It's a question. But, but what's reflected, in Amnam Shadavar Hupeli, yes, it's wondrous. Mashayach Shakohen Gadol, Tzorachayil Ispalel, Arotzeach. The Kohen Gadol should daven for a murderer, should Bezdin Yizakeyu, the Yetze Zakai, even if it's not deserved. What does that mean? So that needs explanation. Feel free to look. Aval, but what do you see? I'll call upon him. How responsible the Kohen Gadol has to be. How much tefillah. We think he's so busy, he has to spend his whole day davening. Davening for Klal Yisrael. Not just Yom Kippur. Not only that a tragedy does not occur, if it happened, right? So there shouldn't be another tragedy. Other Jews shouldn't be in, in difficulty. But again, this is, this is the Kohen God, and this is what he carries. This is what leaders carry, and we all have to carry this. We all have to carry. Again, it doesn't mean we should walk around like zombies, but it just means in our tefillos, we dive it three times a day. Right? In our tefillos, it has to be full Full of Klal Yisrael. Names. If we could get names of people who are Bitsaris. Right? There are so many that need today, but that's what we have to do. The responsibility of the Kohen Gadol. Right? Always thinking about others. Okay. <coughs> Moving right along, a couple of points relating to these um, Avanim, as we saw. The Pasuk that we just read. The Pasuk said, Vaha Avanim, Pasuk Chav Aleph. 
The stone should be 12. The 12 Shvatim. The 12 Shvatim on the names. Says Rav Saratskin in Azayim LaTorah. Luyud Bey Shvatim. Yesh Kan Remez. There's a hint here. Shahayuksuvos, we know what was written on the, on the, on the stones. So what's explicit in the Torah is the names of the Shvatim. The names of the Shvatim. Let's ask this as a question. How were we able to, according to the Misora, according to Torah Shabbat Peh, how were we able to add on a couple of extra words on the stones? Right? We know Shifte Yeshurin was written. The Avos were written. Machlokas, how they were written on the stones, but the names Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. Why? Because you needed not the, the, the Aleph, the Shvatim didn't have all the Aleph base. So we had to, we had to be Mashlam. But how we, how do we know we're allowed to do that? How do we know we allowed to have the phrase shifte ka shifte yeshurin? Says the Azayim Torah, maybe it's alluded to in this pasuk. Yesh kan remez shahayuk suvos al ha'even ha'achrona. Lefishi des Rambam. Hamila shifte ka. Right, others have shifte yeshurin. Kedei lamalos yachad em shemos ha'avos as kol osio shal aleph base. Right, you have to fill out all the aleph base letters. Right, I don't think there's a there's a test. I don't think there's a, uh, a kuf, a tzadi, I don't remember, which a couple of letters are, are lacking, are not found in the names of the Shvatim. So you had to fill out the Alabek, like the Gemara says, and the Ramban expands upon. Baraisi, but Tiferes Yisrael, he quotes from the Tiferes Yisrael and Mishnayis, Shehikshu, one second. Eich hosifu, ba'avne ha'choshen, lichtov avim Yisrael v'yakov v'shifteka, avro abal tosif. Right, where do you... Uh, unless you say this was a Mesorah, Allah should be Sinai, but we don't find it anywhere. So how did we know? How did Chazal know that they could add on? Right, you read the Psukim about the uh, Begadim, or about the Kalim, you see how, you know, there are generalities written, and then you add on specifics by the Torah Shabal Peh. But this is major. It says in the Torah, you write the names of the Shvatim on the stones. Right, and now you have extra words on the stones. Right, how is that allowed? Well, once we know we know that the Urim Vitumim, meaning the Choshen, right, Machlokas, what exactly was the Urim Vitumim? According to what Rashi assumes, that it was the Shem Hashem put into the folds of the Choshen. Once we know it's supposed to answer questions, then obviously we need all the letters on the on the Choshen. Like, how are we going to get to answer questions? If you can't say, a, you, can't, you don't use a certain letter. Like, there used to be a game that you have to try to get somebody to say something, but you can't use these five words. Can't use these, it's very hard, it's very limiting. So to give an answer without certain letters, it's, it's impossible. So it's it's implicit in the Tzivoy. L'fichach, zara shihei bohem kala osios. You have to have all the letters. That's what you have to, once you add on the avos and the shifteka, shifte yeshurin, so that gets all of them. Right, and there's no baltosif there, because, you know, it's, once you understand how it works, so then it's obvious that this is what, this is what is neat. Right, there's, uh, there's, Every limud that we have is, is half based on dr- a drusha and half based on using common sense and logic. So Chazal used their logic, not just Chazal, before that, 
in the days of the of the Mishkan, they assumed that this is what needs to be done. Like everything is a balance of misora and higayon and logic of the of the uh, individuals in every generation. So that is number one. Maybe it's just based on logic, and you have to have the answers to all the questions, and therefore you need to know uh, have all the letters. Milvadze halo im nidayek nire shalonomar batora ufitachta elo pa'avne shoham. Right, ufitachta is a lashon of itzivui. You shall develop and carve out specifically these letters, these names. So on the avne shoham it says, you shall make, you shall carve out. So then there's no getting around that. This is what you do. Avo pa'avne eifod. What does it say by the avne eifod? Nomar v'ha'avanim. There's no specific, and you shall carve, and you shall write, and you shall engrave. So there's no violation of any tzivui. It just says the name shall be on there. Okay, there could be other stuff on there too. Even though there was other letters on each stone, like they say Avram Aleph Beis Reish was on the first one, Hey Memut. But still, every stone had its shavet, right? The color and the and the and the symbol. So you still have that. Nikra kolevin al shem shivto hamiyuchanlo al pitzivo utchunaso. It's color. It's tchuna. As Rabbeinu Bachai says, we've done that in the past. V'yavo bishinam ragam bachoshen pituche chosam. It's described that way, but there's no lashon of tzivui. Baltosif can only be a problem if you have a tzivui. And you add on to that sivui. If it's just a description in the Torah, and maybe that's why it's miduyuk, that there's just a description by the Avne Ephod, but the Avanim of the Shoham, Avne Shoham, it has a specific um, sivui. So so if you're medayik very closely, so A, he says, maybe we're allowed to because it just makes sense. We need answers to all our questions. We need all the Aleph Bays. Or number, and number two, uh, there's no Lushen of a Tzivoy. No Lushen of a Tzivoy. Okay. Moving right along to two thoughts relating to the same word that appears three times. So if you look in Rav Zevin and the... Um, Tivapinim, we'll see another shot. But first, Rav Zevin, top left. Describing the Me'il. Describing the Me'il. Perachavches, Pasik Lamed Hey. Torah tells us the Me'il made noise. Right? The Me'il was a robe that was all Tcheles, right? one of the four Begadim of the Kohen Gadol. But he says, Me'il ha'efod Kalil Tcheles, entirely Tcheles. a lot of snails. Right? If you need, how many snails you use for a little bit of strings of Tcheles? But for the meal, it's all tcheles. It's, it's described. You can't rip around the neck. You shall put on the edges, on the bottom. Machlokas, we showed him exactly how it looked, but some type of uh, pomegranate-shaped bells. Golden pa'amonim. Pa'amon zav rimon, pa'amon zav riham. Bell, pomegranate, bell, pomegranate. Al shulei ha'meil saviv. And then the Pasuk adds, as if we wouldn't know, right? You would know, okay, it looks like this, so therefore, obviously, when the Kohen walks, it moves and he makes noise. Now, the Torah has to say that. 
There must be an emphasis to it. And it will be on Aaron when he serves. And its sound will be heard when he goes in. The sound will be heard. It will be heard. And Chazal already pick up on that. Why do we have... Obviously, if you walk with bells on the bottom of your clothing, you know, you're going to make noise. As if there's something important here. Right. Makolo. Gemara in Zvachim talks about what the meal is machaper on. Dover Shebakol. But says the Rev Zevin now in Latar Valamoadim. Vinishmakolo Bavoala Kodesh. Bimisora Nimsuru. Shlosha Psukim Shel Vinishma. There are three Psukim where Vinishma is mentioned. Right. We had one just two weeks ago. Kolash Adiber Hashem Nasa Vinishma. Obviously one. Nasa Vinishma, the most famous one. V'nishma kolo b'vo'el ha-kodesh. In our parsha, The me'il. And finally, v'nishma pitgam ha-melech in Megillah's Esther. So what do these three v'nishmas have to do with each other? So two thoughts. Two thoughts. Shlosha muvanim b'shmiya. There are three meanings to shmiya. I don't want to translate it. There are three translations that you could have. V'nishma. Shmiya sa'ozen. Meaning hearing something. Hearing. Does Shema Yisrael mean that? Maybe. Shema Yisrael. Vayishma. Shmias Halev. The hearing of the heart. That's a different kind of hearing. That's not just a physical hearing. But one might even call it an accepting. An accepting. In English we say it sometimes like, oh, now I hear it. Now I hear it. You're talking to somebody. So hearing, that doesn't mean physical hearing. That means accepting. Shmias Halev. Vishmias Oevarim. And number three, the Shmias of limbs, meaning hearing that drives to action. Hearing that drives to action. So let's talk about each one, says Rev Zevin. And each one is going to parallel, obviously, as you can see where he's going. Shmias Ozen Kipshuta. Number one, Shmias Ozen is, like we hear, like we, hearing, listening. Vishmiasu Yeshna Bahalacha, Bain Bukum Vaase, Bain Bashevaltase. We have this Shmias, many examples. In the Torah. We have the example of by, by Tfilah, by Megillah. You need Hashma La'aznav. You have to be able to hear what you say. Right? When we daven. Not to disturb my friend, but I have to be able to hear it. When you make a bracha. Right? The first Mishnah is the beginning of Trumos. If you can't hear it, if you're imprisoned in Elaim, then you shouldn't make a bracha. So, V'chein Shomea Ka'one. Right? By mitzvahs. Shomea. Shomea Ka'one means just hearing physically. Shmias ha'ozen. Lu'umadzet yaseti alacha alazeinecha. Right, what is the Gemara saying? Subis shim yishma adam davar shino hagen yinechetz ba'ol ba'aznav. Right, put your fingers. The Gemara says that if our fingers are shaped like pegs, right, so that they can fit right into our ears, so we don't hear lashanara. Aser l'shmoa davar shino hagen. So number one, we have in the Torah examples of shmias ha'ozen. Number two, v'yishmias halev, havana v'hakara. But we also have the hearing of the of the heart. That's not really shmia. Hearing is not a good translation. I'll just say shmia of the heart. Ubemedrish halev shomeya. Shenera v'nasata la'avdach halev shomeya. Ani shamati alecha lemar tishma chalom liftaroso. I heard there. You have two different ones in the in the same pasuk, right? Paro says shamati. I heard about you, Yosef. That tishma chalom liftaroto. Does that mean just hear a chalom? Accept it and, and delve into it. Ani shamati hu b'muvan shmiyas ha'ozen v'tishma chalom hu b'vian shmiyas ha'leif. 
Havana, understanding. Even in the same Pasuk, you have two. Tishma Lashon Havana. Vehemo Yodu Ki Shomea Yosef. What is Shomea? Mevin Lashonam. So Shmiya doesn't, even in the Torah, doesn't only mean hearing of the ears, but it means hearing of the heart, which means understanding and accepting. And finally, Shmiyas Ho'evarim. The Shmiya of our limbs. The Shmiya that drives us not only to understanding, but to action. Im Shamoa Tishmu El Mitzvosai, we say in Vahaya and Shema. Shemala Chukim El Mishpatim. Shemar Vishamata. Kolela Muvanim Tsiyusumashmas. All of these are a lashon of listening. Listening and then obeying. That's a better word. To obey. So Shema can mean to, to hear, to accept, to obey. Obey means reflection and action. These are the three Venishmas now, says Rav Zevin, in, in the, in Tanakh. We have Eil Meim Shloshabam Venishma. Our Parsha. Venishma Kol Bavola Kodesh. Our Parsha is just hearing. You hear the Me'il shake, you hear the bells. That's Shmiya Mamish. Shmiya Saozen. Ubi Gemara, by the Gemara in Zvachim. Um, Peches or so. Me'il Mechaper al Hara. The Me'il is Mechaper. So that nishma is hearing. That's an, that's an acceptance, an understanding. Right? It can't mean, it can't mean the third one yet because they didn't even know what to do yet. So it's the understanding. Acceptance. Limit at Torah. It was a Kabbalah. It was a Kabbalah. Remember, we spoke about the, the Beis Halevi on Parshish Yisro. We're talking about Nasev Nishma. means we accepted to be Avdei Hashem. We didn't accept to do anything. We accepted the relationship to be Avdei Hashem. That's Nasev Venishma. Right, and he quotes a different Beis Halevi. He says the Hadam of the Beis Halevi, where he's Ma'arich, about the Ma'alov, Nasev before Nishma. Right, because Nasev, you did it. Nasev must mean you accept. That's more. That's two. And finally, number three, Venishma Piska Mamelech. Hainu Shmias Evari Aguf. Tsius. Obeyance. Obedience. Ha'amitsayis Latsivu Yamelech Umekayem Osam. And they accept. So these are the three meanings of Shmia and the three meanings of Shmia that we have to understand also in our lives. Ubachen Kal Shalosha Shmios, Srichos Lios Mesuros, Unitunos Latora, Ubamasim Tovin. So that is one shot of the three. There's another shot of the three. Another shot of the three as we go move on to the next source. We quote this from the Tcheles Mordechai from the Marsham. This story quotes all three again. Venishma Piskama Melech. Kolo. Different order. Venir Lafarish. Another shot of what these three Venishmas are. Yeshnam Shlosha Darke Tshuva. There are three ways that we can be inspired to do Tshuva. Three ways. The lowest level. Right? It's because we have a tsara. We have a tsara, right? Ain Brera. Kamosh Amr Chazale Chazal say, Kedola Hasaris Hatabas. One wicked king could do more for us than 48 Nevi'im. Right? One wicked king. Haman. Right? Rahman al Aslan, Hamas, what they could do to us more than we do to ourselves. But it's the lowest level. It's something. We should go from there. We should, um, you know, be um, 
you know, uh, stronger based on it, but, but not, uh, not, um, you know, that shouldn't be the goal. Number one. Number two. Hasheni hu, kshumis ore lechuva al yedei sibos, shohayim esabi vovomiatsmo. Number two, not the extreme tsaris, but from external factors of some kind. Maybe I'm embarrassed. Maybe I want covid. Whatever it is, some type of external factors. Maybe even yira. Maybe even yira. But finally, Number three is obviously when we want to do tshuva, when we want to get close to the Kaddish Baruch right? And we feel distant and we want to bridge the gap and bridge the space uh, between us and HaKadosh Baruch Those are the three tshuvas. Again, tshuva based on a tzara gadola, a tshuva based on any other factor in the world, in the book, embarrassment, covid, and number three, the ultimate. So he says that's that's these three. Vizui kavanas misora. Derech echadu. Again, this is more drush. Venishma piskam hamelach. You have a king, a king like Haman, right? There. Nishma piskam hamelach. Sheshomei ledvar Hashem aydei melech koshek Haman. Venishma. You're going to listen, but because of the piskam hamelach, because of the decree against us. Haderech hashnia. Kol hashadiber Hashem nasa venishma. Right? What's nasa venishma? But that was also with Kafalam Harkigigas. Right? That was the same event, right? We know, we discussed in the past how those two work together. Again, Nasavishba sounds like it's willing, but that was the, what the Rishonim discussed. It was a joint effort between the two. But that could be external factors. Kedusha is calling us. We're thirsty. We're thirsty for closeness. Right? I hear it before, before Rahman al before the Tsara. Like he quotes the, the Taz quotes, Pambalo Bachalom Pirish Papaz Bachatsos are called Shofar, Haril Fnei Melach Hashem, Lifnei, right? Lifnei Shatia Trua, right? You have to try to be excited and be awakened even, even before. Even before. So these are the three levels of tshuva, and obviously we know the one that we should try to do, even though right now it's months and months away from Rosh Hashanah in both directions. And this year it's even harder because there's a Shana Muberes. We have 13 months in between, but maybe we should, uh, you know, Adar is about the month of Simcha, but doing tshuva b'simcha. Doing tshuva b'simcha is also something crucial that we have to try to think about where we can improve and accept upon ourselves for the goodness of, for the goodness of Klai Yisrael. Okay. So we have a little bit later, <coughs> we have towards the end of the parsha, actually, all the way at the end. So we have the uh, second half of the parsha, which is all about the Miluim. And at the end of the parsha, we have Aaron HaKohen lighting the menorah. Uvahalos Aaron es haneros ben arbayim yakti rena. Ketoros tamed lefnei Hashem l'doresachem. And Aaron HaKohen goes to light the menorah. Then you bring the Ketoros. There is a lumdish question and also a hashkafic question, also machshava. The relationship often, these two avodos are put together, the menorah and the Ketoros. Even in time, in juxtaposition, right? Even in this Pasuk. When Aaron goes to light the candles, just say when you have to do the Ketoros. What does one have to do with the other? Okay, that's what the, uh, that's the uh, formulation of the Pasuk. Rav Salvechik, though, is bothered why does it say Ubahalos Aronas Aneros? Right? The lighting of the menorah is not Dafka, the Avoda of a Kohen Gadol every day. Why is Aaron, says Rav Salvechik in source number 10, 
Why is Aaron specifically mentioned in regard to the daily lighting of the menorah and the ketores? If with the exception of Yom Kippur, these avodas can be done by any Kohen, not necessarily the Kohen Gadol. And in here, it's Dafka Aaron is described. Just say Kohen. Right? It's Aaron who's specifically mentioned in regard to the performance of these activities. So why is it? Says Rav Salvechik. Again, others say it, but let's see how he says it too. When the Torah specifies that Aaron must offer Ketores or Menorah, the Torah is indicating that it is Aaron alone who is charged with performing these functions the first time they are to be done. Aaron's got to do it the first time. Why? Why does Aaron have to do it the first time? Although regular Kohanim are indeed permitted to light the menorah and offer the Torahs, they only do so because they are Aaron's progeny and not because they are Kohanim per se. There are certain tasks that the Kohen does because he's a Ben Aaron. And really, technically, Aaron, a Kohen, is the one that does it. But they're stand-ins. Right? Every Kohen that we know of is a Ben Achar Ben from Aaron Akoin. Ben Achar Ben. So there are certain avodos like the menorah, like the Torahs, that really it's a din in Aaron. Any of the Kohen that does it is because he's a Ben Aaron. That's why Aaron has to do it first. Aaron's initial performance allows his children to subsequently perform these same functions. But let's say certain other avodos, I don't know, even if not, not an avoda, what about Achilles Truma? Other acceptances of Matanus, those might be because they are Kohanim, not because they are B'nai Aharon. Right? There, there are different Kedushos. There are two distinct sanctities in which a Kohen is endowed, says Rev Salvechik. Kedushas Kahuna and Kedushas Aharon. That's his formulation. A Kohen performs the Pidyona Ben ritual based on his Kedushas Kahuna. Aaron a Kohen doesn't have a Chia to get every Pidyona Ben money. No. Any Kohen can get it. He's a Kohen. But the Avoda, certain Avodos for sure. With regard to temple rituals, however, Kedushas Aaron is required. The Kohanim who perform the incense and menorah in the Beis HaMikdash become the personification of Aaron. They're standing in his shoes. In fact, the Nusach Svarad version of the Avoda talks about Aaron HaKohen, but that's Rev Salvechik. Two Kedushos, one of Aaron and one of, of, uh, of Kohanim. Right, in the beginning of Parshas Emor, you even have this Lashon, which we mentioned before, the Mepharshim talk about. B'nai Aharon HaKohanim. B'nai Aharon, interesting to look at the different uh, aspects in the Torah. When does it say B'nai Aharon, and when does it say Kohanim? And also, others have pointed out that even, even a Rebbe might even have two elements, might have two aspects. Every Rav, every teacher of Torah, he is a Ben Moshe, not biologically, but Moshe is Rabbeinu. Moshe is Rabbeinu. ben So every rabbi is a ben Moshe on the one hand, and he's also himself teaching Torah. Right? There are these two elements. We're stand-ins for those who came before us, as well as being our own, um, our own personalities. And we have to remember both elements. So we are also mamlechas koanim v'gai kadosh. So we are all koanim in a sense. Um, and we have to recognize the privilege that we have to be stand-ins and to be, and to be ourselves. Okay. And with one thought, this Friday is Purim Katan. Purim Katan, the last simon in Arachayim, in Shulchan Arach, talks about Purim Katan. Purim Katan. 
Right, the Shulchan Aruch says, Yudalad v'yutes v'adar, you have it there in source number 11. Yudalad v'tes v'adar, Rishon, e'noflam alpanayim, v'enomri mizbar yad chashem yam tzara, there's no tachnun, there's no lam natseach, v'aspur v'aspur v'tainis, there's no fasting, al-vashar dvaram e'nogim v'hem. V'yesh omrim, asur v'yesh omrim, hesper v'tainis mutaren. V'anamir kasvaru Rishonah. Okay, different deus about hesped v'tainis. Yesh Omrim, says the Ramah, Shachayiv laharbos b'mishteh v'simcha. On these days. Bimar b'mishteh v'simcha. V'einoagin kain, says the Ramah, but that's not the minag. We don't have to be marbe b'seuda. Umikomakom yarbe k'sas b'seuda. K'deilat seisidei amachmirim. Right, bimar b'k'sas. Bimar b'k'sas. It's not on tough chumrah. Right? Sometimes there are tough chumras. This one isn't a tough chumra. Right? The last word got cut off. Right? Many Mepharshim point out the last word of the Ramah is Tamid and the first word of the Ramah back in the beginning is Shemisi Hashem Lenegdi Tamid. The two Tamidins. Two Tamidins. The beginning and the end. Simcha. But let's not focus on that. So the Ramah quotes two days here <coughs> whether to be Marbeb Simcha in, um, on Purim Katan. Um, and, you know, he says it's good no, you don't have to, but it's good to. The Ksav Sofer on this week's parsha. This is how I got to the uh, to the thought. The Ksav Sofer in Tetzaveh, because he wrote this thought in Shanamu Baris, like we have this year. Um, he quotes this Rama, and he says, nearly line two. Hatosos Madaiki Miloshin Mishnah. Remember the Mishnah in Megillah. Ain bain mikra, ain bain right, ain bain the first adder, the second adder. Ella mikra Megillah umatanas levyonim. That's the diak. If only Matanus Levyonim and Mikra Megillah is different, so then the Suuda and the Mishnah is the same. That's the that's the Shita. Because it's not on the list of differences. So ask the Sofer, and what about Mishlach Manos? That's not here. The Mishnah says, what's the difference between Matanus Levyonim, Mikra Megillah? So we're Medayik Suda. And what about Mishloch Manos? Madino de Gamkel Armor Bimastisan. So he says, Matsasi Barisi Baran, Baby Bas Yosef, Shehir Gushpaze, to Kasav de Mishloch Manos, Ain Mechuyav, to Bechlam Matanus Levyonimu. Hmm. Mishloch Manos is included. What's it included in? So one day it is Matanus Levyonim. They're both the Benadam Machavero Mitzvos. So Matanus Levyonim is no Mechuyav. Mishloch Manos is not Mechuyav. Says the Ksav Sofer, I think it is included, but it's not included in Matanas Lavyonim. It's included in, and we know this is a big Lamdish question, but it's included in Mishtevesimcha. It's included in Mishtevesimcha. Venira li lomar apishem azbirim, Mishlochmano, Shayach le Seuda. Kareyim o ahuvim. Right, the Manas Halevi, remember that discussion, Chuma Sadeshin, Be'esim chasam, Yoshvim ba'ochlim, Mishalchem zelazemanos. The day of the Entosfis that the Ramah says maybe might as well try to do is a Mishtev Simcha. Says the Ksav Sofer, Mishtev Simcha is impossible if you don't share it with others. It's impossible that one would have a Mishtev Simcha just for themselves. And yes, they have the Lundish Mishloch Manos, is Lutzorah Hasuda, but that is, if somebody is just for themselves, that's, that's not Simcha. That's not true Simcha. Right, he says, Tosfas, twelve line twelve. You need to share. 
And he says you can't have one without the other. You don't want to share? Then don't have a Mishnah yourself. you got to be consistent. You can't be happy if you're not making others happy. And that's, he doesn't quote it, but that's the Rambam in Hilchos Yantif. The Rambam in Hilchos Yantif, very important Rambam, where the Rambam says in Halacha Yudches, Paragvav Halacha Yudches, Ukshochel Veshose on Yantif, he's talking about. Chayev Lahachil, Lager, Layasom Vela Amana, Imshar Aniyim Hu Umlalim. All less fortunate people have to be fed and taken care of. Aval, Misha Noel Dalsos Chatsero, if somebody closes, the doors of their chatzer, v'ochel v'shosehu v'ana v'ishto, and he is merry with his family, v'eno machel u'mashkel aniyim l'mari nefesh, he doesn't share, ein zu simchas mitzvah, ela simchas kreso. That's selfish, um, gluttonous eating, that's not simcha. That's just uh, stuffing oneself. So when the Shulchan Aruch says that to be marbe b'su'uda u'mishte this Friday on Purim Katan, you know what it means? It means to share it. It means to share the simcha, to make of somebody else uh, besimcha and happy. So that's what we have to try to do, not only to be besimcha ourselves, but to be marbe besimcha. So many people out there need chizuk, need a little simcha. So let's see what we could do to get already into the Purim mood. Hashem should show us nisim as we start the chadshe hagula as we're in. Purim is others called the chodesh hagula too. Right, Mitzvah Gula Gula. So we dive in that even in this Purim Adarishon we see Gulos and Yeshuos. Okay, we'll stop here.